Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. Today, we're going to tell you all you need to know about buying an investment property in this market. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a great week. And we're going to talk all about buying an investment property, um, which I think a lot of people are considering right now. Um, How's your week been, Leslie? What's going on? Um, you know, I think uh, my week is representative of the transition and turbulence of these times. Mm-hmm. So good, good days, bad days, um, optimistic people, conversations and concern and hesitation <laughs> and, and, um, dare I say panic at other, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the next phone that rings. Yeah. Um, so a mixed bag. What about you? Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? This is sort of the same thing yeah. that I'm experiencing is I've got a lot of people who don't give a rat's ass about what's going on. doesn't matter to them. They're still moving right. forward. Right. And then other people who seem to be panicked in a lot of cases, I think perhaps panicked, um, unnecessarily, um, depending on what the panic is about. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, um, we talked about this last week. Uh, my experience is that everything that I've wanted to show or have shown or have clients interested in is selling immediately mm-hmm. in most cases over asking. So it's interesting. I can't wait for the stats to come out. Um, even in my neighborhood where things have been a little bit slower, um, I'm in the beach. Um, they've been a little bit slower for the last couple of months. Things seem to be moving very quickly there all of a sudden as well. So I feel like, you know, just, I think a lot of it depends on you are, but in the key good markets of reasonably priced homes, not the, you know, three, $4 million homes, but anything kind of, I'd say up to 1.5 seems to be moving along in an okay manner to me in the good market. So I'm not talking about, you know, small little town somewhere or whatever. I don't, I can't right. speak to that, but right. in the city, in the good neighborhoods that are always strong, we seem to be having okay movement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also are a lot of price changes and things like that too. You know, there are some, there, there's a lot of tweaking that goes on with people who maybe they've underpriced, they're not, or overpriced, I should say. So, you know, they're maybe sellers are dealing in pricing from last year. So, you know, they have to correct the pricing and then it'll sell. So there is still some of that, of course. I'm not saying like it's, the market's on fire by any stretch, but definitely I've noticed a difference. Mm -hmm. Now today, interest rates went up again. Yes, we should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're still very low. Um. Interesting though, I had, um, I've had a a couple people, one couple in particular tell me that they are waiting to see, uh, to buy because they think interest rates are going to go down next year. And I wondered why they thought that. I haven't heard anything around that. I haven't either. So, um, I think they are still very historically low. I think this is the way it's going to be for a while. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm not sure why anyone would think necessarily. There is some correlation between interest rates going down and a full recession. Yes. Um, and they show, you know, I was looking at a chart that said like in 2008, for example, um, you know, when we were entered into an actual recession, interest rates went down 1%, or I think it was 1.3%. So is that what they're looking to and coming with that? I'm not sure they are that savvy, to be <laughs> honest, but I think that they, but I, but that doesn't happen every time. So, you know, I, it's the same thing we'll say every time. If you have to buy, buy. If you, you know, if you don't, I guess you, we decide what you want to do. But I think uh, all I can say on that is, you know, and we just talked about this off off uh, mic, but real estate really should be a long game. Mm-hmm. It can't be short. It's got to be the long game for you. Like it doesn't make sense for you to be thinking a year out. Well, all, that's true of all investments. Yes, it is. Um, you know, and it's... Uh, interesting conversation about you know when I you know lots of people are hung up about that these mortgage rate announcements and I think that um, we've gotten into um, many years of um, unrealistic experience where they've been so historically low and if you step back a little bit like they're really still low very low right yeah and waiting for some reason, I think you have to kind of balance the waiting to think of what might happen with interest rates versus what's going on with prices. To me, it doesn't make sense to wait. Me either. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even sure. I just, I find the whole topic both frustrating Mm -hmm. and confounding, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so much information coming at us from all angles and yeah you know i think how did our parents do it when there were double digit you know interest rates um and they still have their houses and they paid twenty five thousand for them and now they're worth two million exactly i think they did okay uh, yeah Yeah. so did that was that a, a tragic yeah, it's, it's just unbelievable. Imagine, just imagine for one second, if all of our parents got out of the market right at that time yeah. and waited till rates went way down low and bought back in, how much money they would have lost. Right. But people don't think of it that way. Yeah, so the example I gave was my parents. Yeah. Who bought with double-digit interest rates for 25000 and their house might be worth around two now. Exactly. And... Um, would they have been better off not buying? No, it doesn't in any way make any sense. I don't get, I just, I, I do find it very strange. And I've had people say to me. Like to stay out of that growth for an interest rate reason. Now, I guess it's the, that growth. That's the wrong, that's the concerning part of that sentence for some people. I guess, but you know it's going to grow. Right, but I guess they're looking now and thinking maybe it isn't always going to. No, but, but if you hold on to right. it, it's like, what do they think? It's the prices are going to go back to I mean, what they were never, in the twenties. It's never happened. My parents' house is never going to be worth 25,000 <laughs> or a hundred thousand yeah. or now my million. Parents, my parents have had their house 50 years. Um, but you know, they've also had a place to live for 50 years. That's right. And everybody has to have a place to live as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had a couple of clients ask me recently if I was interested oh, now must be a time, the time for you to be thinking about selling some of your investment properties. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Because interest rates have gone up. <laughs> what? Of course not. That's, 
that's real estate. They go up, they go down. Mm -hmm. Prices go up, they go down. I'm not expecting always to be making a fortune. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you ride along for the wave. This is a long game for me. Yeah. And over um, the long wave, the long game, they're going to go up in value. So you were only lucky to have bought them. Yes. When you did. Right. If you sold them and then wanted to buy again, you'd be priced out of some of the neighborhoods you bought it. Right. And that's exactly, I think, the case that is the danger of happening right now. Because I can already see in areas where prices are going up again, that people will wait and price themselves out. Yeah, I read an article about all the people during the pandemic that moved to the outlying areas and now might be, perhaps because they're now going back to work a little bit or for whatever reason are maybe regretting that decision. Right. And they can't buy back. Yeah. They're having a hard time. Right. So, okay, let's talk a little bit today about the other people out there who, uh, and I have a couple of these clients who are smart, long-term thinkers who are looking at buying investment properties today. Mm -hmm. And why are they looking at buying investment properties today? I think you know, for all the reasons we've talked about, they understand the importance of real estate. They know this is a small blip. And in some of the outlying markets, prices have fallen a little. So they're going to take advantage of that. And more importantly, rent prices are through the roof. And these very smart people are aware that now is the best time that I've seen to be a landlord, a new landlord, not a landlord like me who has tenants that won't leave. Mm. And so you can't raise the rent to what it's worth today. But if you are a new landlord or you're getting new tenants in a place, now is the best time because prices are so high for rent. Mm -hmm. In fact, they've gone up across the board about 36% since last year. Wow. So there are a lot of people out there that are not concerned about one or 2% interest rate because they understand this is how real estate goes and they are interested in moving into an investment market and... We wanted to tell you a little bit today about where are some areas that you might want to consider, what you should be looking for if you're thinking about buying an investment property and, um, you know, kind of some of the key stuff that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've said this a hundred times, but it's worth repeating. You don't have to buy an investment property in the same market you live in. There are property managers who will do it for you. There are realtors in those markets that will help you buy So if you are thinking about looking at um, something in Brantford, for example, and you don't know the market, just hire a realtor who works the market and let them, you know, help you find something, help you hire a property manager and get something that works for you. Yeah, that's a a common um, starting point um, of the conversation with people when they're considering buying uh, investment property. The The first conversation I often have with people is, People are, seem to be un, uh, uninformed or unaware of whether they're even financially capable of doing it. That's right. Um, and so we have that conversation and what, you know, what it takes to even consider if you can be buying an investment property. But the second conversation we have is about where, and everybody seems to have this um, kind of thinking, and I think it's because they just 
haven't thought it through that they have to buy what and where they have already. That's right. Um, yeah. And or so, I get the condo. Everybody wants to buy a condo in right, Toronto. Right. Which, which is, right. by the way, I don't think a good move. I have, you know, clients, uh, friends in the North Toronto area, and they want to buy an investment property in North Toronto. Well, why? Right. Because well, they say, well, then I can manage it. Yeah. That's right. where I live. And that's right. what I, and I think it's more than that they can manage it. It's also what they know. Right. So your point to, I mean, an investment property is, hundred percent strictly only a financial decision. That's right. So, um, and, and we're going to assume for these intents and purposes, you've been pre-approved because we did yeah. talk a little bit about that in, in uh, the previous right. week. So, right. but you're absolutely right. So if it's strictly a financial position, uh, I mean, um, situation, then why does it have to be North Toronto because you live there? We're looking at the numbers yeah. only. Look at the numbers only and yeah. find experts to help you find the place and then manage it. And you know, the first one I bought, I remember going through some of these places and being like, oh God, this is awful. I wouldn't live here. And then it was sort of a snap into reality. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not living here. Right. I don't have to live here. Right. This doesn't matter. This is just a financial. So I think you just have to shift your mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about what makes a good investment property, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, obviously you want to be considering an area that is uh, reasonable home value, right? So I think, uh, you know, buying in North Toronto for 3 million is probably not the best move financially if you are, unless you have that kind of disposable income. But for most people who are just your average person, you know, with an average income who wants to buy an investment property, you want to be looking at something uh, that has a, a decent price. Yeah, to it. right. And then on top of that, you need to be running numbers and looking at the value of the rent. Right. There are lots of um, charts and, you know, research. There's lots of research done about which cities in Ontario have great rental turnover in terms of, you know, rent is always escalating. The vacancies are low. There's always people who are wanting to rent in those areas and the rental values are high. And it was my experience when I bought my first place in Ajax that I realized at that time, the difference in rent for a two bedroom apartment, say for example, between something in Toronto and something in Ajax was not that different, but the property value was. So that's exactly right. You want to find that sweet spot right? in terms of property value and rental demand, um, high quality kind of tenants, yeah. um, stability. And overall, we call that cash flow. So for a lot of people here about cash flow, they may not really, I mean, it makes sense, but it may not really make sense. So just, just to put that in perspective for people, you know, you want to be looking at, at the end of the month, once you pay everything and include all of the rent coming in, are you positive or negative in terms of what you have left? If you are negative, and that's mostly the case in a condo, especially if you have a mortgage on it, um, then you are looking at the increases coming strictly from uh, you know, the market annual increase that you're going to get on that property every year. But if you are positive cash flow and you really run the numbers, you can see that over the year you've made an income, which is taxable, but nonetheless, you've made an income. And on top of that, you're also making annual market increases on the property as well. So I think when you add up 
one versus the other, you'll find that in most cases, you really want to be positive cash flow. Even if your property in Toronto is making 15% a year and your property in the in the suburb is making 12% a year, I think you're going to find you're further ahead over the long term if you're also getting a monthly cash flow. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's really important because, um, you know, this should be in my, and this is my opinion, I, other, other people may have different opinions, but from my perspective, buying an investment property should be just strictly residual income for you, especially over the long term. This is nothing but income producing. And, and if it's not a positive income at the end of the month, I wouldn't do it. Um, because I think it's really important that that, you know, especially if, if you are someone that doesn't have a lot of other types of investment income, like in the basic market, then this is a much better opportunity for you to be getting, you know, money coming in, right? Mm. So you lose your job or whatever. Oh, well, you still have this, this monthly money coming in from your investment property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a couple of things you should be doing in order to make sure that happens. Um, and that is really the type of property you're buying. And, and again, I'll just put a plug for this, but in my opinion, you know, you should be buying some sort of freehold property with at least two units, because that's what's going to cover the cost of, um, cost and then some and provide you with positive cash flow. Um, it's really hard to do with just one mm-hmm. unit. Yeah. Or then one you're really condo. vulnerable and you're too. very vulnerable as well. You know, and I always, you probably have more conversations than I do about this, but I, I say, you know, just think about, consider whether doing this um, is going to, has or has the potential to get you a better return than your money otherwise would. Right. And if the answer is yes, yeah, then you, then the decision is clear. Yeah. And I think for most, most people, it's basic math. And, and we're yeah. going to go over, you know, I've got six places here where you may want to consider buying. Um, and if you bought in any of these six places, for example, and, you know, you are finding that your monthly income from any of these might be anywhere from 500 to $1,500 a month, uh, it's, it's just something that you can't beat. Mm-hmm. It would be very difficult to combine that even even in a down market right now or maybe you haven't made 20% every year but you've probably made you know minimum if you average it out over the last five years even with this year's correction you're probably still over 15% Mm -hmm. so it would be very hard to beat that I think anywhere else Mm -hmm. okay so where are some cities that I would be considering buying investment property right now Let's start with the lowest price on the list, and that is Thunder Bay. And again, we are looking here for a bunch of combinations of things. Low vacancy rates in the city, reasonable housing price overall, high rental value, and healthy and growing job healthy and market, growing maybe. Jo- job market and improvements you know, planned. Definitely. You got to do your research and know that yeah. type of thing. And a community where, uh, you know, it may be attracting the type of renters that you would like. Right. So let's talk about... Because it is, it's both demand and quality. Yeah, exactly. So Thunder Bay was the, was the lowest price on my list because... The the, lowest price to purchase. To purchase. Because the average home in Thunder Bay as of the, all these prices I'm going to mention today are as of September, 2022. Mm -hmm. The average price of a home in Thunder Bay is 315,000. Right. 
the average rent, and again, these are averages, so it's hard for me to, um, you know, get really specific, but I do know that the average rental price in Thunder Bay is 1200 You could probably spend a little bit more in Thunder Bay, maybe 350 and get a duplex in that community where maybe one unit is paying 1100 just a slightly below average because you're not getting the full house, for example. And the lower unit might be paying eight or $900. So you're probably in the 2000 range. And if you are spending, you know, $350,000 on a property, you know, the math works. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, really important. Um, And it may even be more than that. Sometimes you, you know, may want to consider even a triplex or you may want to consider buying something a little more expensive that has a better income. But at the end of the day, you want to do all the math and run all the numbers and see what works best. Mm-hmm. Next on the list uh, is a really growing area and that's St. Catharines. Now they have really not experienced too much of a, 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 a downturn mm-hmm. since prices have been falling. Um, I noticed St. Catharines is still quite busy. But the average price of a home as of last month in St. Catharines was uh, 440000 And uh, average rent there is almost 1600 Right. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And I know that um, there's a really thriving rental market in St. Catharines. Why would that be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you own there? No. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a lower um, income community. Mm-hmm. And so there might be more tendency to... Um, rent than own there. okay yep so um mm-hmm. but again you know and, and in and around those areas like I have uh I know I mentioned this before but I have a client whose daughter this is so smart um bought a place Niagara area um not St. Catharines but in this sort of greater Niagara area mm-hmm. some years ago she couldn't afford to buy a place to live she was just out of school she saved some money borrowed a little bit of money from her dad, bought a place there and rented it out. And she was 22 and rented it out, made money on it. And in two or three years, took some of the equity out, bought another one. And so by the time she was 25, 26 year old, 26 years old, she bought her own property to live in. She had three properties, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how, what are most people doing at 25 or 26? <laughs> They're not owning three properties. Super, super smart kid. Um, and I think this will continue, but that was, again, she was smart enough to know she, all she had to do was hire a property manager, throw her money into whatever she could afford, wherever she could afford it and just start making money. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that was, uh, and, and my point being in that Niagara region has really grown over the last few years. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one thing you consider as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we find that in most communities, like it's not a huge discrepancy between one and another in terms of year over year growth. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this right now we're at a, we've had a weird couple of years because the suburbs obviously went up, you know, Oshawa, who's on my list. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but they were growing at like 40% a year. And so they've fallen, obviously. Um, not that, not 40% though. No, you know, and the yeah. 40% increase you know, shouldn't maybe have happened. Yes, exactly. They're still ahead of the game. Exactly. So, okay. Um, Third on the list is Windsor. 
And um, I was surprised to see that the average house price in Windsor last month was $524,000. That's more than you would have thought? Yeah, because I bought my first place there not that many years ago for one ninety. So um, this is with the downturn in the economy. Now, my place is not worth 524000 but that's the average. So I'm telling you in Windsor, you can still get a pretty good property duplex for four fifty, maybe maybe even slightly less. I like Windsor as an investment location. You know, you've got a university. You've got a thriving, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh manufacturing sector there yeah, growing for it's sure. growing for sure it's it's busy there they put a lot of money into the place and i mean there's a casino what more do you need? <laughs> <laughs> a good one too um so f- let's so again average 524 but i'm i'm thinking you could get something for better than that um knowing the market so average rent there 1400 um and i can tell you from owning property there that um the vacancies last five minutes. It mm-hmm. is a very busy market. Also a university town, right? As is uh, Thunder Bay and mm-hmm. and some of these others here too. But, you know, that's important because you know you've got a real subsection at least of society who's in and out, in and out, in and out the city. So, and that does keep it, the city thriving, right? Mm-hmm. So Windsor, I like it. Um, I think if I was going to buy another property, I would buy in Windsor again, all over again. Um, it's, it's been great, easy tenants. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's been some rough, there's some rough areas for sure, but people talk about Windsor being, um, rough and, uh, I don't, I mean, compared to the next on, well, one of the others on the list, which I'll go over in a minute, Windsor seems pretty easy to me. Okay. Okay, next we had Brantford. So we've heard about Brantford a little bit for the last couple of years about being kind of a thriving market. And again, surprised to see the average price last month was six fifty six. So it's it's really gone up in value there. Um, and the average price of a rental there is also fourteen hundred. So you can just see the difference. Obviously, you know they're one hundred and twenty thousand dollars more on average than Windsor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the rents are equivalent. But the rents so are equivalent. So what would be the smarter decision? Exactly. Really? Now, you know, why might you buy in Brantford instead? I don't know. Maybe you have family there. Maybe you like the community more. Uh, there has been a lot of buzz about it being one of the fastest growing and this and that. So there are other things to consider. And maybe, you know, also for a lot of people who buy investment property, they think about, well, maybe one day I'll move into it. Right. So maybe that's yeah. on your list. Uh, but it is one community that I would consider only because we've heard so much about the growth. And that's where we are at with that. Next on the list was Oshawa. So we've touched on that briefly. Average price last month in Oshawa was just under 800000 Right. The average price in Oshawa five years ago was uh, 400000 Right. So Oshawa is not going anywhere. Oshawa is not going back to four or $500,000. It will um, flatline, I think, somewhere close to where we're at right now. Right. Um, last year, a similar home, which without COVID is where it would have been. Exactly. And last year, a similar home was, uh, that's $800,000 today. was probably nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it grew crazy fast, right? Like just mm-hmm. crazy fast. So having said that, um, I think it is, it is a great community for a lot of people who want to buy investment 
property because there are so many investment properties. It's probably got more investment properties than any community I can think of. Um, at least it's up there for sure. And there are a lot of renters in Oshawa. There's a lot of people. Probably for the same reason we discussed. Exactly. Yeah. They, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of. Um, a rental community. A real rental. Yeah. A lot of real rental communities. Now, Oshawa, you know, runs the gamut. You can get something for probably still maybe 500000 and you can pay $2 million. So it really just depends. There are areas of the city that you probably necessarily don't want just because the type of tenant may not be as desirable, but that's something you just kind of have to figure out. This is a place I would be keeping my eyes open to right now um, because I've always been a big proponent of it, uh, for an investment purpose, but people haven't been able to afford it for the last couple of years. Right. Oshawa average rent now 1800. So, you know, quite a big difference from some of the ones we've discussed already. And I think that's low based on what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, the average two or three bedroom apartment there would be well over 2000. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you can get a nice little duplex or triplex, you see a lot of those there. Um, if you're a big investor and you're looking for an apartment building, there are only two places I would look Oshawa or Hamilton. Those that's it. Um, Oshawa is key for, uh, that type of, of, um, building, right? If you want, you know, maybe like a sixplex, eightplex, something like that, I would definitely be looking there. Mm -hmm. Next on our list, I, uh, and last is Hamilton. So Hamilton, such a fascinating city, um, also, uh, grown dramatically, um, yeah, you, know, you know it well, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I know in about maybe like 10 years ago or something like that, the average price of a home there was only about 300,000. Right. Um, I have a place there as well. And Hamilton, uh, average price now is just shy of 783, which is, you know, again, a fair bit higher. They have not dropped in price too much during this whole uh, correction situation. Um, but their rents are going up like crazy. The average rent now is 2,500. Wow. Yeah. So Hamilton is, is a really great market if you can get a good price on something and you are in, you know, a good area and you have a good property manager. Trying to manage rental properties in Hamilton, um, is difficult. Why? There's a, there are difficult tenants. There are cities where there are easy tenants. And, and why, would, why would they be difficult? Just Why would they congregate in Hamilton? I don't know, but they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you, yeah, there, there's, I think there's, um, there's probably, it's probably has the roughest areas of any of these cities I've talked about. Um, there are nice areas and then the bad areas are probably the worst areas. And you yeah. do tend to get people there who um, really know their, their law. Oh, yes. So apparently the Hamilton landlord and tenant board is the busiest of all boards oh. in the country. Oh. So there's a lot of not paying of rent and things like that. So all of that can be managed effectively with the right property manager and getting the right tenants in there. And that's a conversation for another day. But Hamilton, I would not shy away from regardless of all that, just because it's a nice little moneymaker. Mm-hmm if you can get the right place. And there are some really pretty areas. It has been transitioning for the last couple of years. It's become a lot busier, more popular. A lot of people left Toronto to go to Hamilton. 
Um, so, you know, I think there's opportunity there for anybody who's looking for an investment property. Mm-hmm. So those are the six I put on my list. If you, so if you were going to buy a place now, I would still go to Windsor. Windsor would be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would go to Windsor or Oshawa. Those would be my, my top two. I think, mm-hmm. um, if I needed, if I lived in Toronto and really was insistent on managing it myself, I would do Oshawa. If I didn't care and trusted an agent in Windsor, I would do Windsor. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, I think either way, you know, you could have, I, I don't know. I think buy an investment property. Who cares where you buy it? Now you're in the business. So knowing what to look for and being able to do these calculations is probably easier for you than the average person. Yeah. So the, does the, does the average person, can they find, like, does the average real estate agent have this knowledge and information in order to crunch these numbers? Or do you really have to educate yourself on how to crunch the numbers? I think, you know, you are better to go to someone who does have the knowledge because I think at the end of the day, there just are a lot of people who sell and buy basic, maybe Toronto real estate and that's all they know. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I would probably be more inclined to talk to somebody who has a very good understanding about investment property because it is a totally different game um so someone who uh works in investment real estate but also someone is it important then to also have a real local expert i think so depending on where it is um yeah like when i bought my place in uh places in windsor you know i knew obviously i'm not going to try to manage that myself and I did go and look at some places myself and, you know, different things like that, but I'm not part of the board. So it was impossible for me. So, right. you know, I found an expert right. who could help me. Right. And so if it's within the GTA, I would probably do it myself. Uh, but Thunder Bay, I don't know that market. And I would just, I would find an expert in Thunder yeah. Bay to help me. Good, I agree. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, at the same time, talk to somebody that you trust, talk to us to kind of guide you with respect to what you should be looking for. Right. And then, you know, we can always put you in touch. I mean, one of the benefits of, of, uh, working with someone who has a lot of connections is that, you know, we, we, for example, have, have agents, we know agents everywhere, right? Everywhere. Yeah. If we feel that, um, our clients would be better served by somebody more experienced in the immediate area, we've got people to refer them to, but there's, you know, a chunk of the province, and even the country even, but the province for sure that, that we can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if we don't, if we can't, then we definitely know someone yeah. who can. I had, I had a, someone reach out to me yesterday and he was interested in uh, selling his property in Niagara. Well, I don't know Niagara, you know, that's too far for me. Yeah, it would be wrong or it wouldn't serve him. It wouldn't serve him best, but I sure know the best agent in yeah. Niagara. So I referred him to her and you know, that's happened to me actually three times this week with different things. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, if, you know, client and of I mine wants to move to New Brunswick. Well, yeah. I know someone there. I think sometimes um, people don't think of the, um, first of all, they don't even consider that. And then they don't, um, if they do, they don't consider how advantageous that is. Right. To take a referral from somebody that you know and um, respect and uh, who has a network. You right. Know, uh, you know, across the country. Right, right. Um, it, um you know, it's going to make a big difference to your end result. To say nothing of the fact that somebody, another agent in another part of the country who gets business because of a referral from us, 
isn't it pretty much a no-brainer that they're going to want more business like that and they're going to treat you much better than if you call them up out of the blue? Oh, yeah. Well, calling people up out of the blue is, is I think, a, not the smartest move in any respect anyway because you just don't know. You don't know the person. I mean, there's, there's a lot of us out there, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not all the same. Right. Yeah, but, but I know people do it. They, yeah. They Google, you know. Yeah, best realtor in whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, you know, hey, if it works out for you, good luck. But I think, you know, you're better. In, you're, in, in, all, in every aspect of your life, you're going to ask your friends. You know, yeah. do you have a kid's, you know, orthodontist? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're not just going to wing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I had. Anything else you wanted to add about that's, that? That's a great conversation. Yeah, that's hope, uh, yeah I hope. I hope. I hope for everybody listening out there, every single one of you, I hope, I hope, I hope and wish that you can put your money to an investment property somewhere. I really do. I, I wish I could, I wish I could help you all. (laughs) I think it's so important to, to do if you can and uh, for your future, for your family, for so many different reasons. I, I so strongly believe in, in investment properties um, and in real estate, I just can't imagine why anybody right. and I would think, put more, their money somewhere else. Right. And I think that the reason is, if you're sitting out there thinking, I can't do that, I can't afford that, I'm only renting, I think people don't think they can. They don't have a clue that they can. And even if you're renting and you could never afford to buy in Toronto, you can afford to buy in some of these places. That's so right. continue to rent. If that's yeah. the best decision for you now, yeah. that might be the position I find myself in. Yeah. Then continue to rent and buy in one of these places we talked about. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and let us guide you or have other, you know, let us at least give you the advice to follow in terms of what the next steps might be. Like, that's what we're here for. You know, we're not, our, Leslie and I don't sit they're doing these things in order to make money. You know, we really honestly, truly want to help you. That's, that's what we do. We've done this long enough to know that, um, you know, people need help in this business. Um, and we love to help and we don't mind helping. So if you have questions, that's why we're here. Um, anyway, that's our, uh, blob for today. So our blob, our blob, our our blurb. (laughs) Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, as always, if you have questions, just reach out and, um, make sure you follow us on our social channels, which is at the Janelle Cameron team. And hopefully you're subscribed to this podcast. So you get new episodes every week. And, uh, other than that, I guess I wish you happy real estate, happy real estate, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto real estate show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com. Or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.